This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal. The Metal Sucks Podcast brought to you this week by Creative Live. You want to learn how to record music? You need to check out our friends at Creative Live because, you know, whether it's uh, the engineering side, the mixing side, the mastering side, all of it, they teach everything there at Creative Live. Taught by artists that you know and love, like Converge, Periphery, Dillinger, Escape Plan, Between the Barrier to Me. Uh, head over to creativelive.com slash audio if you want to learn more and watch some free previews. Can I just say, like, one of the coolest things about doing the podcast is when I'll meet not only one person who listens to the show, like, out and about, but I'll, mi- I'll meet, like, multiple people, and then I get to introduce them to each other. And what's really cool is anybody who's been listening for a while knows that Creative Live has been supporting the podcast for a number of months now and they're they've been just awesome and so for me it's kind of like they, they've walked into the bar <laughs> and <laughs> you know right. the listener is like is like hanging out here with us as we as we all talk you know and i love the fact that i get to like introduce these two people to each other you know you should meet creative live because they're really cool you know i think i think you guys got a lot to talk about <laughs> well it's cool like that you know and there's like so many different things that you can do in music obviously and uh, and i think creative live explores a lot of those different way, ways that you can uh, find a career. So I, I think it's a, just one of the most beneficial, beneficial things that you can do because there's you know college programs that are out there, but not many. And and this is a great way to really learn from people that are doing it because so many people are oh. doing it now in their basement. You know, it's it's, it's pretty and amazing. College programs will cost you a fortune. Yeah, exactly. And, and 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 it's that classic model of you're learning from people who can't do. You know because. <laughs> But here you got Creative Live, which is people that it, are it's doing super it. inexpensive, and it's people who are doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Metal Six Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Metal Sucks Podcast, and you will find us. Uh, leave us a couple stars. Tell us that we suck. You can also find us on social media. I'm at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Facebook. So make sure you dig us up. You can also find us at ChuckandGodless.com. That would be our Patreon page. If you want to support us, we would love you to. Uh, it helps me buy tacos. Uh, so yes, that's a, it's a very good thing. Uh, Slimmy, hey, I quit my job, so <laughs> <laughs> I kind of kind of need that uh, little, Patreon thing. To help. Help. The kids getting hungry, people. <laughs> so uh, yeah, hook up. We uh, thank you to our earlier adopters. We're uh, we're trying to do some little extras and extra podcasts and some other stuff that we're. I've got a. Yeah, I've, we had a good idea the other day. I got another good idea, and I'm gonna run it by you uh, like after the show. So I got something else that I got planned uh, in in store for us that's uh, gonna involve artists and some other stuff too. So uh, yeah, you might want to check that out. Also uh, on instagram at uh, chuck and godless as well uh, i need to post more i haven't been doing anything i i mean like it's been it's been i haven't wanted to do anything like with all the news that has been out there this week the past couple weeks dude i have not wanted to like set foot out of my house 
whether it's you know just everybody's fucking dying i mean you know i'm reading this story about the ghost inside and how bad those guys are like i'm just going fuck this man i just want to curl up in a ball and and stay inside the house and not not do anything so i i need to get better about uh flipping the instagram and going to see some shows but uh we, we got a few good ones coming up with seventy thousand tons so i think we're gonna see a few <laughs> Yeah, lots of pictures. You take lots of pictures. Dude, uh, we got Tim from uh, Protest the Hero because uh, I'm a subscriber to the to the Protest the Hero band camp thing that they did. I, I subscribed like day day one uh, because I'm a huge fucking fan of Protest the Hero to start off with, uh, but also because I wanted to see how this thing rolled out for him. So in in doing that, we got a hold of them and we wanted to talk to them about the model, like what's you know how it's going for them, you know, and and what is actually going on with the, those guys. Because I mean, the kind of issue that you have is a lot of bands um, when they release a record, they'll do a lot of interviews, they'll do a lot of press, they'll do this, they'll do that. You'll see a lot of stuff about them, uh, and then they move on, they start touring, then you see a little bit more, and so on. These guys are on a completely different cycle. They're kind of reinventing the entire system so it's you i hadn't heard from him in a a long time i was looking back and i was like media doesn't seem to know what to do with it yeah they're like are we supposed to interview guys are we not supposed to are we supposed to play the songs are we not supposed to play the song you know it's and then we don't hear from protest the hero like what's the plan for 2016 you know people want to know like are you gonna tour you're not gonna tour you're gonna keep on doing this you're not gonna do it you know so we got all these questions answered indeed and we're also going to talk about uh, we're talking a little bit of legalese because we got a band that's reinventing the wheel right that's taking the system turned it on its head created something completely different whether it's a crowdfunding thing the subscription model and then we get the old guard guys like metallica that are suing uh <laughs> suing cover bands and avenge sevenfold who are trying to break their contract with their big major label and who knows what those guys are going to try to do so we're going to explore that topic a little bit and talk a little bit about some of the legal stuff that's been happening with uh big metal bands uh, in the back half of the show, we're also going to hear a new song from Flesh God Apocalypse, which is amazeballs. Oh, my God. It's so freaking good. Uh, yeah. Cannot wait to, for you guys to hear this new one. Uh, if you haven't streamed it yet, you need to uh, call the fool. So that's going to be coming up on the show. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, tragedy, dude. It's been like top of mind, like everything. It's been, you know, whether it's we're talking Lemmy, we're talking Bowie, we're talking Rickman, we're talking Tara Ray. Uh, you know, reading the thing about the ghost inside, it's just been one thing after another in 2016. What's what's next? The thing that, yeah, the thing I got to say, like the terror ray suicide has got me more bothered than like Lemmy, Bowie, all of them combined. Why combined, is that? Right. Yeah. Because because this is it like like you know <laughs> Bowie and and Lemmy smoke like chimneys for <laughs> fifty years or something right so cancer is not and, like the, you know yeah well, it's expected it's, it's to sad. Like, yeah yeah but you know what didn't you know kind of they, they they knew it was coming and they did what they did and then that was good to come Tara Ray all she did was fall in love mm. it's it's like Romeo and Juliet you know. It, with spiked freaking slim jim hair it's uh it's really really sad here she is she spent the last year and a half like just uh, apparently like inconsolable and that to me is the saddest thing in the world she did nothing to deserve what what uh, th- that sadness you know it's quite the opposite you know mm-hmm. and that that bums me out to no end I see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, that's that's. You know, now you're making me sad. She was man. not. <laughs> I know, but it's like it wasn't like you know. There were all these sort of accusations that like 
you know, I, I'm sure that Tony Campos is not like in a very good place right now, and I'm sure his his issues with uh, um, Wayne and Tara were were probably legit in some form or another. I mean, we'll never know, but uh, it, it, you know, I'm sure like his complaints about the fact that the two of them were you know attached at the hip at a certain point. It's like, God damn it. You know, calm down. But it turns out that they couldn't calm down because they were so freaking in love with each other. And man, that's so incredible to, you know, that, that's like a falling star. You get to see that, and that's awesome. Everybody should take notice, you know. And to have it end as tragically as it does is, to me, just absolutely awful. And um, I would have much rather it been this, like, happy love story where they spend the next hundred and some odd years attached at the hip. That, to me, would have been so much better. But, uh, wait, wait, is Godless uh, getting sentimental over here? Wait, what, what, what's going on? I'm usually the one that's all that. sappy like I, and sad. I, I was laughing at Lemmy, you know? I'm yeah. laughing at, at Bowie, you know? But this, to me, I don't, I can't think of, I can't think of anything that's, uh, that's funny about this, you know? No. What can I say? No, I, I, I agree. I, I, I can't definitely... even watch her porn. <laughs> oh, 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 no, that's something I don't even. Yeah, no, that's like that's a little strange. Something about it that. Is, that's, it, it, you know, uh, 72 hours ago, we're cool. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but now, oh, 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 this no oh, twisted. You are a twisted fuck, dude. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, it almost that having to like, you know, you go to like a, a how was it like you porn or a tube galore or something like that. Like, you know, they got like a million categories you can choose from. Right. But there's not like the deceased. Category. Oh. <laughs> you know, I think they, should, they frown upon that. that. Yeah, they frown upon that. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, typically, I don't think they allow that on the internet. Even there, there, there are some boundaries that they have on the web, and not many. I'm not saying. I'm not saying like you know that after the fact. The video, I'm yeah, saying I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, know. I, I know what you mean. But you know, I, I think that 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 tag on the bottom of a video means something different than uh, than what you think yeah. it does. You know, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's not past tense. It's necrophilia is what that what that hashtag means. And that yeah, that's no that's no fun for anybody. There's a there's a comedian named Norm Wilkerson that had a really great joke this week. It was like it's so sad. There was Bo- first Bowie died, and then some actor who people had to explain what the hell roles he was in. <laughs> that's the Snape guy, you know. I, I I'm not telling the joke like he did. He's fun to follow on Twitter. Uh, but uh, who the hell doesn't uh, yeah. know Rickman though? Uh, who I mean, come on, who? Do, uh, I had no idea. Really? Have you never seen fucking I mean, Die Hard? Well, see, that's the thing. After I, after you know, you see the photo from from Die Hard, you know, then you go, "Oh yeah, that guy." You know, but it's not like Alan Rickman is this name that you know. I, I mean, know, he'd I be knew, lucky if he if you even got on the poster. You know, no, he, I knew exactly who he might, was, but his man. name doesn't. No, I knew exactly who he was. I mean, I had no, and plus, you know, Harry Potter and everything else, man. I mean, come on. At this point, he's he, he, people know who the hell he is. You know. But you know, it's a it, yeah. It's been it's been. I'm, I'm just waiting for the like next shooter drop, dude. I was like, what's going? What's going to happen now? What's what's next? This is going to be. Are you a- making fun of the guy from Ghost Inside? That was not cool, dude. Oh, don't even. That's terrible. That's <laughs> that's awful. No, dude. When I when I read that post, when I read that post about Andrew, I that's just fucking awful man i mean it's so brutal i mean like just so terrible man i'm i mean i'm i'm happy that those dudes lived you know what i'm saying it's like i'm i'm so happy that they that they made it through 
but but dude it's just the recovery for those guys man this is it's been brutal so i mean yeah if you, if you haven't clicked on that post and then stuck a few bucks in there in their gofundme do so because they're gonna need it i mean those dudes have been in the hospital for 50 plus days i mean that's just unbelievable that that kind of that kind of bill uh, that doesn't something go away like that happens I, I wish there was something like you and i could do you know I, I feel so useless in situations like this you know well that's what i'm saying what could we do click on it and, and donate money man because uh because yeah they can use everybody's help uh it's still at the top uh, of metal you know, Patreon's now. still there you know uh, patreon you know it's all good I, yeah. I i quit my job you know but and then after that, yeah, okay, Ghost Inside needs some money too. <laughs> God damn, it's like it's like I got a pan. I you know I'm panhandling for myself. I got a panhandle for them too. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I I, I I do wish there was something I, that we could do. You know, it's um uh, uh man, it's just it, you know a good band and and again there you know it wasn't like they did anything to deserve the fate. You know, it's uh, 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 even long term. You know, they they just they got in the van. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then there was the news about the the driver of that other bus crash that uh, got a couple members died in. Uh, that the guy got brought up on DUI charges that came up this week too. Yeah, uh, yeah dude, just sad. tragedy, dude, all over the place. Yeah. What's going it on? Used to be it just came in threes, but you know now it's like you know nine or something constant. Like, well, now that I'm thoroughly depressed. So did the Bowie thing like bother you? I mean, were you a Bowie fan or anything like that? Yeah, I was a, I mean, I was a Bowie fan. I mean, I love I, I love a lot of his music. I mean, I didn't go deep on his catalog or anything like that, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't um uh not a huge huge Bowie fan, but I mean, his cultural impact is something that you cannot deny no matter what, you know? It's a so for me that that was kind of the freaky point for that was that it was just he's he's such an icon you know and and it's it's one thing to have a couple of famous people that pass away within uh some kind of frequency of each other but to have somebody like Lemmy who's an icon and have somebody like Bowie who is an icon like that close together that's that's kind of whoa that's <laughs> yeah. kind of insane man but I was uh, just surprised he outlived Diggy Pop you know, right. <laughs> that, was, that was my first reaction. <laughs> well, except Iggy's got like, you know, no body fat on him. He's the, you can tell exactly what's wrong with Iggy because, you know, it'll pop out, you know, like it's going to it'll just stick out of his rib cage. You'll see it. And it's like, well, there's a cancer. Fucking cut it off. You know, there's no there's no way that he can hide something underneath that skin anymore. I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. Ah, oh, dude, it, it, how the mighty, uh, the, how the mighty have fallen. It's just so. It, you're right, though. It is weird. Like, it, you know, it's just everybody's getting older, right? And you know, nobody's living healthy. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it, that's part of what makes me really happy when we do interview somebody like Randy Bly or somebody like that, and they go, "Yeah, I've changed my life, man. Changing my lifestyle in order to so that I can sustain and and you know live as long as possible." And you know, that's that's cool. I, the age sixty nine to me sounds so young and that's not just because i'm almost 69 <laughs> it's, it's because i'm I, you know it's it just seems like you know you hear all the time of people who live until they're 90 and it's that that's two decades that are being lost yeah that's a for i mean for bowie he would have been gay straight and gay again and straight again in two decades yeah, I mean, right? he had a lot of <laughs> he had a lot of things to do you know you know who i want to live forever 
it's it's Roddy, Tim, and the rest of the guys in Protest the Hero. Because if you let them live forever, those guys are going to come up with some way to solve the entire issue of the economy and music. <laughs> they may not have it figured out yet, but, you know, give them enough time until they're 90, maybe. Right. Th- these are the guys who are going to figure it out, you know? And that's what we need is we need uh, we need the young blood doing something completely different and uh, and. and definitely protest the heroes a band that is trying to figure out uh the new path for sure and yep. that's why we invited tim alar on the on the show this week because we hadn't i hadn't heard from him in a while except for you know every couple of weeks with the band camp thing that i'm signed up for i get emails from him all the time but but it's we wanted to hear about how the subscription model is changed things for them and how they do things and all that stuff. That's why we got Tim on the Metal Sucks podcast. Hey, what's up, dude? It's Chuck and Godless from the Metal Sucks podcast, brother. How's it going? Pretty good, dude. Pretty good. How are you doing? Oh, I can't complain. That's good. That's Tim, good. when we talked to Roddy, like it was like right after you guys had gotten rich off of the Kickstarter, <laughs> and okay. talking to him, talking to him, it was hilarious because it was like he won the lottery and somebody else picked the numbers. It was like, how'd you do it? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. It was completely <laughs> unhelpful. So uh, we're just going to sit here and assume that you were the genius behind all the wealth that the rest of the bandmates are enjoying along with you. I, I can take some of that credit, hopefully. Um, yeah. oh. But yeah, with that, and also, I guess, with uh, the Bandcamp thing that's going on, that's mostly, you know, Luke and I are kind of doing the execution. It's it's a band kind of decision, but we actually have to do the nitty-gritty and get it all kind of into a real form from an idea. Now, Chuck and I are both, like, subscribers of the Bandcamp thing. And Chuck is, like, a huge Protest the Hero fan. I love Protest the hero but part of what i loved about this thing was like look at these guys they're doing something new they're doing something awesome i want to support that so how has the response been we don't know did you have expectations and how have they matched or exceeded or fallen short all that stuff yeah i guess that's the thing with doing something new is it's hard to have an expectation because you have nothing to compare it to yeah totally um but for us, it was more of just engaging people in a different way, and uh, we didn't know, you know, we didn't really have a specific number or, you know, anything else to really aim for, but as long as we thought it was successful, and success is more about the people that are involved being happy and feeling like they got something good and got their money's worth, and also, I guess, kind of pushing us to do something new and uh, deliver a new song and all that stuff and continue writing, so... To me, that's how I'd view a success, and it's definitely been that. But did you guys have all these songs sort of ready to go beforehand? I mean, not maybe not recorded, but sort of conceptualized and ready to ready to record. Or was this something that you're coming up with this every month, going, "Okay, now we got, now we got, we were on a schedule." The way it kind of went is going into it, we had four songs uh, instrumentally written, and we thought that was a good enough chunk to kind of commit to this and say okay now for the next six months we'll give you a song and like that was enough to kind of get it going um and then from there we kind of recorded throughout the months uh a little bit in advance of the month but now it's at the point where it's caught up to us and i guess song 
four comes out on Friday, and on the following Monday, Mike, our drummer, is going into track drums for song five. So now you're kind of getting uh, getting to the point where you're under the gun a little bit. Yeah, so it's it's nice. It's, I guess it's forcing us to kind of find different ways to work and stuff like that. So that's been interesting. But yeah, the, the last two songs are definitely going to be the most challenging because yeah, the t- time is against us. Yeah, you were like posting something like, "Hey, if anybody's got any ideas," <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw that too. I was like, "Wait a minute, yeah, that was totally cool." Yeah, I, I think that was. The one thing that I mentioned, you know, when I've talked about this before is that this is the first time that people are kind of almost in real time getting music. So not to say, hey, give us some ideas because we're out of them. But it's like if you ever had a chance to kind of suggest something, it's like now's the time to do it because we can, you know, look at what you're saying. And we have two months to get the last two songs done. So there's a chance that someone might just have, you know, or we can at least see what people want from us and try to incorporate that into elements of the new material. I was going to say, when I saw that, I was thinking of, like, Wesley Willis. Do you know who Wesley Willis was? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, you remember, like, on the end of every song, he would have, like, uh, you know, uh, Ford, the heartbeat of America, or something like that, right, at the end? And I always thought, like, somebody must have gone to him and said, you need you to make your music a little more commercial. And so his idea was, I'd put a commercial at every in every song, you know. So I was always thinking, like, geez, I wonder what's that one thing that everybody keeps on asking Protest the Hero to do with their music, and it wouldn't it be funny if they just totally flipped it on his head, whatever that thing is that they get annoyed hearing. You know, I started reading a lot of the the comments, but that was definitely one of those things that I kind of just posted on a whim, and then it just like it was coming back really fast. <laughs> Everyone's like, do this, do that, do this, do that. So it kind of gets overwhelming, <laughs> but I think. You know, all of us will sit down together and kind of just sift through it and see if there is kind of a a resounding something that people want and then try to kind of, you know, maybe take that and, you know, get it in there. Now, remember, they're just not, they're not all good ideas, whatever, you know. (laughs) Yeah, we'll take the top five bad ideas and then be like, you guys wanted this and here's proof of someone saying (laughs) so you can all thank this guy. It's like crowdfunding is good. We'll take your money, but your ideas on the you know—that's why we're. That's why we make the music. You know. Yeah. I remember reading an interview with a band one time, and there and and the guy had said something like, "Have you ever made a song that you just didn't like?" And the and the singer was like, "You know what? In our catalog, there is one song." that we just all hate and after he said that it almost ruined like all of my appreciation for the music because now i listen to every song and wonder whether that's the one that they hate because he didn't idea which one it was so like if you guys did that at least you'd have an excuse you know like it wasn't our fault man (laughs) yeah we we followed the advice of someone and it backfired in our face well, you know, internet comments, I mean, you know, might as well take them to heart all the way around, you know. Yeah. Oh, you should get a photo of the guy, put him on a t-shirt just to commemorate the song, you know, the whole thing. Name it after idea guy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, has it been a good response, like, subscriber-wise? Have you been able, have you guys gotten a good su- a subscriber base? I'm not, like, asking for numbers or anything, but do you feel comfortable with what you've gotten back in response from your audience? Yeah, absolutely. I think the... The most interesting thing is that every day it's like people are subscribing. So it like it definitely has fallen off from the initial, you know, kind of surge. And then, you know, every month when we release a song and we're kind of pushing it, then you see kind of people like, oh, well, this is month three. And now I get three songs instead of one, mm-hmm. which I would have got. So it seems like every month you're adding more value because people can instantly get more with, I guess, the purchase. 
but yeah, the, I, I just find it interesting every day, you know, maybe 10 or 15 people sign up and I was like, where are these people coming from? It's like, I feel like it's kind of old news now, but it, you know, people are always stumbling across it or maybe someone's telling their friend about it or they see it on a blog or whatever, but it, it is this constant growth that it's kind of something that you don't get with something like crowdfunding because it's kind of like a, a push, 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 and then it's over where this has kind of had the longevity to keep going. Is this so something you guys find- will do again? That's undecided. Like, uh, it's it's been interesting, and again, we've learned a lot about it. But we do uh, want to get back to releasing an album. So it's like if we can do both, kind of hand in hand. It's like that's cool, you know. If this is kind of an annual thing that we can do, if we can justify keeping the subscription alive, uh, then it's definitely something that we do want to continue doing. But we just haven't thought of how to keep it new. And you know, every year we don't want to come out with a new EP and you know it's just it's hard to keep it uh, different and interesting but if we can find a way to do that and we think we can continue to uh, reward and give the people value that kind of trusted us uh, then I think it'd be smart to keep that going. I think it'll be interesting to see how the last few songs go too plus you know now that you guys like you said are a little bit under the gun you know this may be the proof in the pudding really as far as how this is going to work out for you because i mean that's what i thought when initially i signed up i'm like you know if they don't have some of this stuff down laying down a song in a month could be a little rough i mean like like that could be then to really get something quality out of it and i think you're at that point now right yeah so now you know yeah seeing that if it's something that we can pull off then that might give us a little more confidence to kind of trust ourselves and not to put so much pressure on the writing and just kind of let it happen and give ourselves like a deadline that we can meet. But yeah, that, you said it right where it's like these last two songs. And at the same time, I think definitely there's a lot of pressure on the last song because you kind of want to, you know, go out with a bang yeah. in a sense and you want to give people maybe not the best, but you know, something so they feel like, okay, the final song here it is and kind of boom, you know, something more than. Yeah. The exclamation like, point you want the, yeah, you want to, you know, the sting at the yeah. end. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, definitely. There's a lot that we have to figure out and get get done to finish this thing off with a with a bang. Now, like traditionally, you have so when you turn the whole thing on its ear, right, and do something completely different than anybody else is doing, um, that could create a kind of ripple effect within the way things work, right? So how how has this affected like your tour schedule? And the way that you release it, because, you know, you typically, what, release an album in the fall so that you can tour on it in the in the winter, spring, and then, and then the tour follows for a year, year and a half, and all that. So how does all that fall into place with this model versus actually just releasing a record? Yeah, I think a lot of people are like, well, it's like you need an album to tour, and then, you know, that's when the tour cycle starts, and it's, it's all based on having a new album and you know going out and supporting it uh which is something that we've always done and um i don't know i really think that doing a release this way it's like once that six months is done it's like we still are gonna release this album you know a month or two after the the subscription once those six songs have been released in that format and it kind of just starts from there like we'll still have an official release date for all those people that aren't part of the, the subscription, which I would uh, think there's a lot more of those people that are kind of just sitting back and waiting or uh, whatever. And then, I don't know, I feel like six months goes by so quickly that 
it will be a release for Protest the Hero, and it will justify us touring on it. And the six songs that are Pacific Myth, there you are planning on putting them on a proper, uh, like quote, on a unquote, proper disc. album, yeah. or are these exclusive to this format? Uh, no, it's not exclusive, but we're thinking of releasing it as like an EP. Yeah, we don't want to add more and be like, here's a full length. We were initially kind of thinking that, but. Uh, you know, after like all these people that get the music first and it's kind of like a way to thank them for supporting us and helping us to continue making it. But we do feel a need to release it and add it to a, a piece of the catalog. And I don't know, I, I just think that that time flies by and then you have a release and then you go out and support it. And we're planning to do touring, not just around Pacific Myth, but we've had enough of a break in between, you know, the end of the last cycle and that where this one will kind of start that we can justify going out and getting all the major markets again. Is it to be distributed by Razor and Ty again? Uh, we haven't had any discussions, so we're still kind of talking to people, but, you know, doing something like this, it scares a lot of people away because they think they've lost sales, where it's kind of, I don't know, it, it was the same thing with the crowdfunding. When we told record labels that we wanted to crowdfund our album, it's like they didn't want to you know, deal with us. But then when they saw the success and saw that there was a buzz around the band, it's like, that's when people got interested. So, yeah. Cause I mean, it seems like, it seems almost like a no brainer, especially with the artwork that you guys have put together for it, you know, and having six separate pieces of artwork going for it. And, you know, there's a lot of different sort of packaging stuff that you guys could put together for something like that. That would be really, really valuable for fans. You know, that on top of, you know, my 12 bucks that I put in here, I'd be, I'd be willing to throw down 25 at the show, you know, for a, a vinyl version of that, you know, Mm-hmm, absolutely, and it's like, this is, it's kind of, there is a lot of content, like the artwork, it's like, like the music, and there's a lot of ways that you can package it, and I think people understand that for $12, it's like they're getting the music first, they're getting any extra stuff, and they're getting the experience of kind of seeing it all firsthand and seeing it come together, but at the end of the day, it's like, if you wanted to buy a physical copy of that album in a vinyl or cd if anyone buys cds anymore <laughs> like, i think people would be willing to to fork over a little bit more to kind of have a copy of that and see all the visuals kind of in the physical world and not just on their computer screen yeah when you talk about the labels being a little scared i mean are the what was your reaction to the response from you know, the metal bloggers the the magazines that sort of thing I, to me it seems like people aren't giving this the attention that they should and that it deserves I don't know. I guess it's, you know, people always have an opinion if you do something differently. And not that I've seen an overwhelming negative or positive uh, opinion either way. I don't know. I just think it's another way to kind of engage people and excite them. And some people will pick up on that. Some people will just kind of, they won't understand it, so they'll kind of ignore it. So I think it's got the attention of our fans and hopefully with the additional coverage that, you know, press and people that want to talk to us and learn a, learn about what we're doing. I, I think that will kind of gain momentum and you know help uh, get the word out there. But I didn't. We didn't imagine that there'd be this crazy, resounding response. And I guess it's a little bit different in that sense from the crowdfunding. It's like when that happened, it was like kind of like overnight everyone was excited and there was a buzz going on. Where this is kind of more, you know, the slowly, slowly but surely. And it's not as upfront and in your face and exciting like that. But, you know, I guess we weren't doing it to 
get attention. We just wanted to try something different. So mm-hmm. coming out of the uh, crowdfunding experience, did mm-hmm. is that something you will do again? And then is there or do you have any regrets about how you guys handled it or uh, uh, in the wake of it or things that you learned that you would rather do better in the future, stuff like that? Yeah, I don't think it's out of the question of something we do again, but I think one thing we have to let people know is we pretty much did it out of desperation. We didn't have any money to make a new album. And it's like, that seemed like the most, the best way to raise funds for a new album. And, you know, having gone through all that and uh, the amount of work that it was, it, you know, now we know kind of when you make a list of promises and the list of items and perks and stuff like that, that you're going to make available for people. It's like how much work it is to kind of, uh, make that all happen. So I think if we were to do it again, we would definitely have a lot of insight and do some things differently. You know, having gone through all that, it definitely helped our business and we've been financially kind of in a better position where we haven't kind of been in a place of desperation where we've had to, you know, reach out and be like, we need this in order to make our next album or, you know, we're not sure how we're going to do it. I guess that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I, I do so think we- that a good way to use crowdfunding for us in the future would be for touring and to go to places that we've never played before, but we think mm. that people want to see it. Yeah, especially if you yeah. see who's putting in the money and where they're from, so that way you know where you need to go. It's it's kind of yeah. like Iron Maiden trying to find out who's bo- bootlegging their shirts, so that way they know where to tour, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I think there's a lot of places where people are like, come here, come here, and you know, you would like to think there's a lot of people that want to see you, but if you can kind of test the waters and be like, okay, if we can raise this a much amount of money to go fly to South America, we can play in these six countries. And it's like, if we get the money to do it, then we'll come. And it's like, if not, then I guess there's not enough people that want to see us. And So what, to, yeah, what software, will, you know, online tool does that? <laughs> <laughs> right. I, don't, I think you could just do that through, like, an, an Indiegogo. It's almost like you need, like, a whole bunch of silos. Like, you know, here's the Chicago, and here's, like, the Belize, and, you know, and you got to you raise up the money in each of the silos to see where you're going to actually end up going, you know? That's the tricky thing. It's like, it'd be nice if you could funnel all these destinations into one overall tour kind of thing, and that's, like, it's tricky. But, yeah, uh-huh. kind of... Just crowdfund South America, all South America, and here are the cities we want to hit. If we hit the goal, those are the cities we'll go to. That's something like that. Yeah. When when you're desperate and you know you're worried about how it is that you're going to be able to move forward as a band, you got 30 days to raise money. At what point in that Kickstarter did you go? Oh my God, we're okay, and <laughs> we're we're better than okay. Was it instantaneous? Like Twenty minutes in. What are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, well, it was pretty much like we launched it at like in the evening and then pretty much when I got home and went to bed and woke up in the morning, like I think it was like 80% to the goal. So at that point, you know, it was a pretty uh, realization that it's like, this is probably going to happen. And uh, yeah, by the end of that day or before a 24 hour period, it's like we had hit the goal. So it was like, it was nice that within a day, we knew that the album was going to happen and we weren't going to have to, you know, push it or really kind of draw out the campaign and, you know, do everything it takes to make that goal happen. You do know you <laughs> ruined a lot of people's lives that day, right? Like, uh, like, because like, a lot of people are like, oh, yes, they did it. We could do it. Everybody like jumped on and started doing it and got really disappointed. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I guess so. I, I guess maybe there's something to be said to kind of 
be the fir- one of the the first people to kind of try it out, especially like in the metal genre. And, and maybe a lot of people are like, well, if they can do it, we can do it. And I don't know. I think afterwards I saw a lot of bands kind of in the metal world have a lot of success, whether it be like a DVD or a tour or stuff like that. So it was nice to see that hopefully uh, people saw they could, they could kind of take take it into their own hands for whatever project they're working on. I have the theory that like, you know, you guys have spent years touring and actually being nice to people. (laughs) And then when you really needed them to, they were nice back. I think that does go a long way. It's like, we always make an effort to try to meet as many people as we can at the shows and to be very accessible. And, you know, I think that's part of touring and being in a band, not just to hope that they'll one day repeat, Hey, but that kind of makes touring enjoyable is meeting the local people and seeing that your music has had an effect on all these people all around the world. So it's nice that in by doing that, when you know you do put a call out and you're like, "We want this to happen," you just see it all come, you know, back and how quickly that happened. It was pretty amazing. Well, and I think there's also you know the ways of doing it right and ways of doing it wrong. Obviously, you know, and I think that there are plenty of people who are like, "Oh, we put up a Kickstarter and." You know, we'll give you the album to download and maybe a, a blah, this, or yeah, maybe we'll try the subscription model. But you guys have seem to have a lot better grasp on what your fans are looking for versus just like throwing it out there and hoping for the best. You know, whether it's the funny video you guys posted to the to, to the subscription page or, you know, the, the way that it's all around, you kind of you've got you've got a line on who your people are. You know, beforehand, before we kind of launch anything like this, like we do spend a lot of time talking about it and trying to put ourselves in the shoes of the people that we're appealing to. And it's like, you know, if this was the band that I wanted to support, it's like, what would I want from them? And trying to be like, what would you think is just bullshit? And what would you kind of get a laugh out of and kind of want to get behind? So I think always with kind of finding a way to tie in a sense of humor, but get the to get the point across without being dry or kind of too in your face and kind of leaving it up to people being like if you want to be a part of this that's great and if not then you know that's great too but this is something we're trying and we love to have you come along for the ride i uh, think that resonates nicely with a lot of people yeah it seems like the a lot of the successful acts out there nowadays are are finally like you know they take the music seriously but they don't take themselves way too seriously like they're able to kind of separate that out a little bit and you guys are seem to be champions of that in a lot of ways yeah i think in metal too there's a lot of stuff where it's like there's an image and there's an attitude that goes along with that image and i don't i don't know if that's still a a thing but as much as we can get away from that especially with like progressive music like people think a lot of people that are in prog are about practicing and learning their instrument and spending eight hours a day in their basement shredding and stuff like that. And we just try to remove ourselves from that kind of geeky froggy and just show people that we have a sense of humor and we, you know, write serious, intense music, but we don't, at the end of the day, we're just kind of relatable guys. Have you seen, had you seen anybody do what you're doing on Bandcamp before you? Well, so when we were getting this together, it's like, we had talked about doing a subscription. Like this was an idea we were kind of tossing around for maybe a year, kind of while we were on tour for volition. Like what can, what can we do next? And, you know, we toyed around with the idea of building something ourselves. And then maybe like four months or whatever, before we launched 
we launched in October, um, we came across a site called Patreon, and it's a similar similar thing, but it was for all the arts. And then, you know, we started kind of figuring out how we're going to do the Patreon thing. And then, honestly, like, a month before we wanted to launch, we saw that Bandcamp release, like, a very similar platform just for music. And uh, we liked that because we felt like Bandcamp was a uh, more of a household name, especially in the music world, where on the Patreon site, it was just, like, music was a small part of uh, all the arts on there. So, um that kind of solidified that that would be the best route for us to go. Chuck, I think we got to move from Patreon over to Bandcamp. <laughs> over to Bandcamp. So you guys use Patreon for yeah. your podcast, or yeah, we do. We we do for uh, for subscribers, the same sort of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, it, it's it's kind of cool. I think the coolest thing is just like what you're talking about. It's like when you have fans that are you know. They, they want to participate. They want to be able to, to feel like they're part of it, whether it's their voice being heard via uh, messaging or just kind of be on the end of what you do. Because, I mean, you guys are I've gotten like four emails in the last like three or four days leading up to the song that's about to get dropped, you know, like and what's going on with you guys and how it's working. And it's like, oh, that's pretty cool to kind of have that insight into it, you know, as far as a subscription. And it's like that's kind of a neat, neat insider track for fans. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think the biggest difference with Patreon and Bandcamp was the one thing we found, like the backbone of Patreon is getting people to pay for something that is going to be free. Yeah. And, um, which is awesome. Like, I think that's an amazing concept, but in this, we wanted to make it kind of exclusive for the people that were taking part in it for the duration of the campaign. Mm-hmm. So like, it just seemed like the two philosophies were a little bit different, but with something like Patreon paying, you know, a dollar to five dollars for a podcast that you love to know that that's going to be the difference with it being made or not being made. I think that's a pretty amazing thing to kind of be a part of and for people to kind of take it into their own hands. They're like, if I like this content, then I'm willing to pay a few bucks for it to, you know, keep it happening. Well, then, well, you got to settle a dispute for Chuck and I because, like, when the first song came out, I was so in love with what you guys were trying to do. And you know, uh, Ragged Tooth was a great song. I was like, dude, we got to put that song on the podcast. Everybody knows about it. And he's like, no way. You can't do that, man. That's my song. I paid I my 12 it. fucking dollars for that, dude. No way. That's my shit. I'm not giving that. So, so what do we, What should we do? Should we put a song from Pacific Myth on, on this episode or, or do we not? What do we do? So what? Yeah, we were kind of divided about that. And like, I think that that was the thing we were most worried about is like people feeling like their purchase is devalued you know, we start started posting it and giving it away or, you know, if it was posted up on YouTube or other places for free, it's like the people that just paid for that, they kind of feel like, oh, great, what, what was the point of doing that other than supporting the band? And I think the the good workaround for that is giving, like, people a taste of it. So giving them, like, you know, a minute to a minute and a half sample and being like, if you like this, then you can hear the full thing over at Bandcamp. Aha, I told you, that's what I did and when we talked about this initially. I was like, oh, I'm playing man. just a little bit of this song and then so bam. That's, that's my diplomatic approach where uh-huh. people can be like, you know, they still feel like it's exclusive, which it is, but it's like, it's hard to get people to kind of you're, get behind something. You're going to make Chuck edit down a minute out of the four <laughs> songs so we get four minutes onto the this episode. That's what you're going to do? That's what you're going to do? 
<laughs> sure, yeah, you can make a little medley. Well, that's why I said yeah, I, medley, I, I yeah. liked. Uh, I liked. Godless had the idea to play all four songs at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> that, that sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds like a miserable experience. If you want this yeah, experience too, go to Bandcamp. <laughs> Protest the yeah, be white. Just just put a clip of white noise. It's the same thing. I think. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, it's it, it's great that somebody is got the balls to to like take a step in a in a different direction and it's just kind of been impressive what you guys have done all along with pushing pushing the music industry in a different in a different way because i mean it's- yeah has lars ulrich called you up to complain yet <laughs> <laughs> no I, I i i haven't heard from him yet but you know maybe maybe he'll reach out do whatever, whatever. Was, don't cover one of his songs. You mean, you know, yeah, yeah, that's right. Chuck and I were talking before we got on the phone with you, and I was like, you know, you remember back in the day with Napster, it was like Lars is like flipping the fingers off to Napster, and that's, you know, it turns out he was right. You know, we all know he's right, but, you know, it wasn't like he turned around and made Larster. You know, you guys are kind of like, hey, do what you got to do to stream or whatever you want to do, but we're going to do this other thing over here, and it's cooler. And that to me yeah. seems like a better answer. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, I don't know, I think it comes down to being like, it's like, we want to try this. We don't like the way that the music industry has been going, but like, it's like, we're going to try new things to see what works best for us. And it's like, you're welcome to kind of come along for the ride or, you know, or you can complain about it and say, oh, it's not streaming. It's not at my fingertips. And, you know, if that's the case, we'd rather have people that are devoted and, want to kind of support us opposed to just you know people that uh, are entitled and kind of expect to just have music available for them or you wind up to get both and i paid my 12 bucks now i can bitch at you what are you talking about this is how <laughs> and, you know, and now we can yeah, complain at least, at least if people are complaining you know they they paid and they're a customer and it's like they they should be getting something right right, it's right. like when people are complaining about free content you know, that's kind of where I draw the line. It's right funny on. that, like, you know, it seems like when I hear bands kind of go, oh, my God, we can't survive, and the whole thing, they're the same bands that don't do anything for their, like, mega fans. You know, they, they own, they're, they're, it's the same product is available for everybody, whether you think it's they're okay or you think they're the greatest thing in the world and you're ready to, like, you know, hand over your mother for them. And it, it, to me, it's like, well, you got to figure out a way to monetize those super mega fans. And if you can do that, they'll pay for all everybody else. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. It's like we found out that a very small percentage of our fan base can generate a bigger amount of money that can in turn kind of help us continue to make our music. So yeah, I think it is about both this and the crowdfunding. It's like, that's engaging your core audience. And it's like, however many people kind of sign up for it. It's like, I know from touring and record sales and all that stuff. It's like, there's a lot of other people that like the band that haven't signed up for this, but these people, this small amount of people are making it work for us. So it's like, that's enough for us to, you know, kind of keep going. And, you know, they're kind of doing a, a, a favor for all the other fans that, that don't want to get involved. But yeah, it's definitely finding a way to appeal to that core and giving them some value and giving them something different. And those are the people that kind of, you know, continue to keep us alive and strong. I'm sure like every dollar of that Kickstarter campaign was spent very wisely. But what's the one like really dumb thing you guys did with the money? I don't there was, there was no like um 
moment where we were, I guess, misspending. I think the the biggest thing we realized is that we said we would record in a nice uh, studio, and we, you know, did end up spending a lot of time in this nice studio, which ended up costing us a lot of money. Where for a lot of stuff we could have done it elsewhere and maybe saved a little bit more, but it was kind of initially we said we want to record the next album in this studio. That was kind of the path we'd set for ourselves. So I think was in it retrospect... like you guys bought like a basketball hoop for the back of the house or <laughs> something like that? Honestly, nothing. Because you guys deserve it. You know, you, you totally... And you know your fans would be like, that's cool, man. They got whatever stupid thing you did, you know? We got a nice camera so we can film stuff with. Oh, that's boring. Yeah, but see, so, that, that, that applies. That, that totally applies to what you guys are doing. So, I mean, that's that like... That applies, a, but that was us being like, okay, we can treat ourselves to a nice camera so we can get you know, footage of you know, whatever, which is coming in handy with uh, the tour documentary or the documentary yeah. on making the album. It's like that was the thing that was a tool that helps get a lot of that footage. So, yeah. Where are you recording uh, Pacific Myth? Uh, we're just doing it uh, with a, uh, like a friend's like basement home studio. It sounds great. Yeah, great results. So, yeah, I guess that's the thing when we compare the two. It's like being in a big studio or being in a basement. It's like you're getting the same, you know, close to the same oh, sound totally. and all that stuff. So we definitely stripped down the budget for this just to kind of keep it economical, but, you know, we didn't want to sacrifice the sound of the, the songs or anything like that. So you do the EP uh, that you release, I imagine you're going to try to do that as soon as you can, as soon as this is uh, the Bandcamp thing is complete, is that right? Probably a month or a little bit more afterwards. So we're going to kind of wind down the campaign, release the last song, and kind of figure out how we're going to do a more formal release, but at least give those people a bit of a grace period before it's not like the day after the, the subscription ends. Here's the album available. Yeah. That kind of thing. And then, but, um, and then you're going to tour it or are you going to start working on the full length album right afterwards? What's the plan after? Yeah, we have a, a couple tour plans coming together, but yeah, I'd like to do, we have a, an Asian thing in, uh, end of April, May, and then, uh, some stuff in Europe in the summertime. And then hopefully, never heard of an hope. Asian thing being referred to as touring. It's usually something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said that, I was like, "That doesn't sound right." <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then hopefully Canada and U.S. that kind of thing maybe in the fall, and then get back down to uh, writing some more some more music. Well, Tim. Thanks for taking the time, man. We definitely wanted to talk to you about this, and a uh, huge fan, of course, and and subscriber now too. So, uh, congrats! Yeah, well, well, you guys have always been been there to support us with all our wacky endeavors. So, I think I appreciate you giving me a call and getting some more information.
detrimental But it's meaningless They are the rope around the neck They are the brave press to the rest It might seem detrimental But it's to the Metal Sucks Podcast today.
Metal Sucks Podcast brought to you by Creative Live. If you want to learn how to record music, check out our friends over at Creative Live. Uh, they've got classes on engineering, mixing, mastering, all taught by your favorite artists in the entire world. Between the Bear to Me, Converge, Periphery, Dillinger Escape Plan, and plenty more. They've got a long list of classes that you can take. CreativeLive.com slash audio if you want to learn more. And uh, start with some free previews and work your way into the rest of the stuff because uh, you'll you'll wormhole on it. Trust me on that for sure. New music right there uh, from Flesh Got Apocalypse. Uh, what's a, the album's called King, I think. Uh, the Fool is the name of that song, and it is so amazing. It really is, man. It's Those a, guys, they just totally turned a corner on Labyrinth, and they're building on it, you know? Yeah, like not shying away from it either, like totally going head on, like head on into it, and, it's, uh, and I think it's working for them. I really do. Yeah, yeah. And I saw him at Bloodstock uh, a few months ago, and I mean, the tent was absolutely packed. I mean, they should have been on a huge stage and said they were on the uh, like second biggest stage, and, and they were the last set of the night, and you couldn't squeeze any more people in there, and everybody was absolutely riveted. Because they've got like this huge production with their live show, and it, it's freaking awesome, you know, with the tuxedos and the makeup and the fat chick and the whole thing. I mean, it's totally crazy. <laughs> Just the fat chick? Wait, what now? Yeah, they got like an opera singer oh, that, okay, that okay. performs with them. At least they did at Bloodstock. Uh, I don't right. know if they'll have her all the time, but yeah. Now, we talked to Tim from Protest the Hero, and they have reinvented the wheel when it comes to how the business model you to do so it's not like they've fixed it and now we can all move on they they're keep they keep on trying you know? well and that's the thing they're they're they, they reinvented the wheel they're and 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 you know whether it's the 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 kickstarter campaign that they did with the volition uh now with the subscriber model you know they've got so many different things that they've tried and are trying and kind of creating things uh we've got the old guard that is hanging out that they're still around and fighting for every last scrap that they possibly can uh we we had a couple things come up this week whether it's uh, metallica suing a band called sandman out of canada who is a tribute band uh that loves metallica like nothing else so apparently they like black era metallica and also avenge sevenfold this week uh wound up well wait no they're getting sued by their record label for breach of contract, that's what was happening because the record label's trying to hold on to them, and they're trying to break away from Warner Brothers. So, a couple of legal things that are happening in uh, with some big metal bands that are out there. Some of the few metal bands that still sell albums—that's kind of what's interesting about that. So, they're kind of clinging on to the last bits of the old industry model of how you make money these days off metal yeah i mean i don't know with the metallica thing it's i'm not sure if there's so much uh they they just are participants in the old model i'm not sure that suing a cover band represents the old way of doing things versus the new way it's not like anybody should be allowed to do anything they want with somebody's music if you're making a lot of money off of it then you, the people who are ultimately responsible for it are, get they should get something you know um but yeah, it was, just, it was like intellectual property. They were complaining about the uh, the logo being too similar or something like that, which is to me ridiculous. It's like first they're not making you know Sandman's not making money. They're in Canada, yeah. And even if they were, they're paying most of it in taxes. And then beyond that, nobody's get, gonna get confused that the four guys down the street, <laughs> uh, yeah. you yeah, know, covering Enter a- uh, uh, Sandman are are uh, uh, you know Lars and and James and the guys. Well, I think their answer to that that lawsuit was actually probably the appropriate way to do it fire the lawyer uh who, who was working on their behalf and apologize to the band 
and I thought that was actually pretty, uh, you know, pretty stand up for those dudes to go. No, 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 that we we fucked up. Sorry, you know, I, that that was pretty good. Uh, I, is it possible? I'm looking at the resume of that lawyer, right? And she's worked some pretty high profile stuff, and some of it, you know, uh, 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 metal related. She did a, a Cavalera versus uh, some uh, a company that uh, like uh, instrument manufacturing or something like that. She uh, uh, did, I think it was Echo Brain versus Newstead. You know, like all all different sort of cases uh and she's worked with metallica in the past for 15 years she's worked with metallica Mm -hmm. i just can't imagine that well first of all that this little slip up would cause her to get fired but then beyond that i just can't imagine that a woman like that with so many great uh uh, such a great resume would ever lift the phone or lift a finger unless she was running the clock you know so are and you, uh, somebody said you need to do something because and and she's not working unless it's billable time there's no way are you uh are you implying there's a little conspiracy uh action going on here i'm just saying that maybe like in politics what you do like when you want a a, a policy to to like go out there like obama's like i, I want to do gun control right so he'll like have somebody in his office talk to a reporter and go yeah we're thinking about doing this and then they see how everybody reacts and then they do the actual policy it almost makes me wonder whether maybe metallica's management but not metallica but somebody thought hmm i wonder if we can stop all the cover bands for some reason and then and by doing it with one band they can see whether people reacted and if they do then okay all right bad idea but if everybody was kind of like yeah they were covering the they're using that logo the wrong way then they can go okay and then we'll go after the next one and hmm. the next one and the next one until they're all stopped you oh, know no, what that, I mean? that, that, that seems a little that, that seems a, a little um black helicopter to me uh <laughs> just a just a tad bit to me i, I don't know why that 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 anybody will waste time other than to make money and and there's not a lot of money that seems that like the band would be able to make out of that the person that's going to make make any money in the middle of that is going to be the lawyer right so because they're going to get paid like you said regardless they're billable hours and it's going to be it's going to be whatever it is so it it's you know it, it lead to me it, it's always leading back to you know follow the money and it sounds like somebody just got a little overzealous and did something they they weren't uh you know <laughs> weren't supposed to do or didn't notify that might be something like like maybe they, they were on retainer and they have to like you know use up all you know it's sort of like a a a, a, a government department right like you got to use up all the money oh, or yeah. next year you can't get that much in the, in the budget right yeah, so maybe so they're yeah. on retainer and they got to use up those hours and it's coming to the end of 2015 the quarter's almost over like god damn it we got to do something for those guys or else they won't give us as big a retainer next time See, that seems more plausible to me than the other, honestly. Like, it's a, oh, shit, uh, we got to get it. Oh, damn, tax year's almost over. We got to run, run this thing yeah. out. You know, that makes more sense to, to do something like that. Because because uh, to me, it's like the the band doesn't stand to make any money. Uh, and the management, you know, they're, they, they've got to look at it from a PR perspective and how that looks. I mean, whether or not they think uh, the publicity is going to be terrible from a or not you know whether they're testing the waters or something like that they know it's going to be bad i mean because no matter what metallica does a lot of people are like whoa fuck those guys you know so anything like this is going to look awful 
you know, because it's painted as, you know, Metallica sues their fans, you know, people that love them, you know, they just, all they want to do is play their, you know, they love them. They're a tribute band, you know, so it's, they know it's going to be painted wrong. So it's, that's somebody who's just not thinking with all cylinders or they're thinking that like you said i think it's get they gotta do so much with what they've got it's funny like i think it was some kind of monster where they spent half the movie talking about how devoted to their fans metallica are and how uh, everybody loves metallica and they metallica has to love them back you know all that stuff and then you know stories like this come out and kind of go uh, uh. <laughs> yeah but i don't know like i said i think the response was actually kind of awesome right you know the, them going back and actually apologizing calling out the band band member and you know apologizing for what happened and all that so like i think that that return was was not terrible i think they 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 did the right thing there uh to to call it off and then publicly apologize and do all that stuff too i think that was the right call and how about how about this let's let's, let's add some more jet fuel to the uh steel <laughs> right <laughs> what if uh what if metallica are planning like a club tour like they're not going to do arenas they're just going to do tiny tiny little clubs and by getting rid of all the cover bands, they wet the appetite people would have to go see them in clubs. I think what you've done is you've just uh, you've just written that episode of of Metalocalypse again. I think that was actually an ep- episode of Metalocalypse. So I, I think that's already been done, at least in cartoon form. So <laughs> I think at this point that that plan's already been busted. Yeah. Uh, Dude, let Metallica play up in Iceland or something, you know, like on a on a on a freaking uh, ice cube floating <laughs> right. on the ocean. And Metallica did it first, you know. So I mean, they might be taking their cues from Brendan Small after all, you know. Yeah, it's for fish, metal for fish. Yeah, good times. The honest to God truth is, they shouldn't be suing freaking uh, a Canadian cover band. They should be suing Avenged Sevenfold. Well, I mean, that last album was ridiculous. I mean, you were totally on the mark when you said that earlier. Dun, 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 dun. No, no, no. That's that. That's that's Metallica. Ours is. Dun, 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 dun. You know, see, you can hear the difference, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep, and then I hear the echo of uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, speaking of Van Bo- Winkle, yeah. Uh, speaking of Bowie, <laughs> dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh man. But I mean, I, okay. So maybe the Metallica thing is not about the old model of record company, blah 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 blah. But it is the old guard. This though is uh, a little more, I guess, a little more appropriate because it's really about a, a major label record, a uh, major record label that is suing a band for breach of contract who is trying to get out of their their what uh, i guess they've been with them for like 10 years now something like that uh they've been yeah, with I guess more they got like five album deal but they've only done four albums and um yeah what i thought was interesting is that like there's a law in california that if uh after you've been in a contract for seven years if you've got pretty good cause you can get out which basically mm-hmm. was the idea was that no contract should be longer than seven years yeah yeah pretty much is what and but most of them you know most of the record contracts you wind up with are by album right um usually i would say is that, is that fairly typical like it's a three album Probably, deal or yeah. a five album deal or whatever it's not by date yeah, a record label doesn't that record label doesn't make money if if you are just sitting on the bench you know all that time you have to work yeah, you know? yeah. so that's why they do it by album yeah well and the i guess the crazy thing is is that you're looking at it from uh, the idea that this is probably one of the few metal bands outside of Metallica and Disturbed or whatever that that is still selling some albums. It's still maybe making some money for the for the record label as well. 
So it's, uh, I don't know. There, there, and there's some contentious things on both sides where, you know, Avenged Sevenfold basically say that they, that they didn't have this agreement, that they had said something about them renegotiating, which wasn't true. Um, and that they had sent it to them and they didn't respond within the allotted time that they were supposed to, uh, be able to respond. Like the record company has 45 days from the time that they're noticed that they wanted to, uh, dissolve their relationship and they didn't make that date, which the record company disputes that and blah, 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 blah. It's back and forth. But it seems like everybody's just in the end. It's the, the pissy thing is, is that it feels like they're all fighting over scraps. You know, like it's like there's just nothing left on the plate for anybody to eat. They're just fighting over what's left. And really, when we talk about somebody like Protest the Hero, who is doing this, you know, turning the whole model on its head, somebody like Avenged Sevenfold could do the same thing on an even larger scale. You know, because could you imagine if a band like that went and did a did a crowdfunding campaign or did a subscription model or, you know, something of that nature, who's got like a lot of tools in their tool shed as far as what their fans are willing to pay for, whether it be merch, tickets, uh, music, whatever, you know, those guys could do all kinds of amazing stuff with what they with what they've got. And. I don't know if that's part of what Warner sees in it. You know, they're like, wait, 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 hang on. You know, we got this, you know, or what the potential is, or if it's just a matter of, well, these guys can sell 150,000 records. So we need to keep them around because they're one of the few that can. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's more of the latter. It, it's, it's, uh, uh, it, su- it would be such a risk for Avenged Sevenfold to do something like what Protest the Hero are doing because you know it could end up being somewhat like Marilyn Manson because didn't he release an al- self-release an album at some point and everybody just kind of shrugged their shoulders and it was gone the next day and you know did, like barely even made it on Billboard but mm. he needs the muscle of the label behind him to to actually be successful for some reason there is. Uh, still a well there there is well i guess the the point behind that is is that we're talking about bands the the other the other piece that that is missing there is that we're talking about radio bands and in order to cut that into that radio market a lot of time you really need a record label you know uh, because they're the ones that have got the inroads with with music directors and program directors at radio stations and they're the ones that can pull that off they're the ones that get the end caps at at best buy they're the ones that that still have that physical market under uh, under wraps you know that that the dwindling physical market that's out there if they don't sell like if they aren't in all those places if that that machine isn't working for them then they may not have that kind of success but you know we, we saw it like with radiohead when they released their own uh, but they did the whole uh, pay what you want for it. And then they found out that, yep. you know, like 80 percent of people don't want to pay anything for anything uh, or something yeah, like they that. They also found out that there was a boatload of people out there who would pay even more than if you were asking for 10 bucks. Exactly. Is, exactly. Know? And that's kind of the point is that, you know, 20 percent pay for the 100 or pay for the 80, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's funny because there's only one album left and the record industry has a long history of artists putting out one out one more album you know like van morrison if you, you want to have some fun like uh google van morrison ringworm the dude recorded an entire album to get out of a record deal he basically just showed up to the studio put a mic in the <laughs> up <laughs> had his acoustic guitar and he just made up stuff and he's got a song called ringworm and it's freaking hilarious you know he just made up the worst album he possibly could <laughs> and then there's like uh uh, Marvin Gaye at some point was uh, uh, his uh, he had a divorce 
and uh, the judge said that the ex-wife could get all of the proceeds from Marvin's next album. So he made this album called Here, My Dear. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like 50 minutes of sloppy R&B just absolutely like just oh tearing her up you know just absolutely every mean thing you could possibly say about it's an awesome album it really is awesome but like it didn't sell anything yeah. he got nothing <laughs> well i think the argument that event sevenfold is having is, is on their end is that they haven't had uh, the label support that they expected from Warner Brothers at the same time, the, like the turnover at the label has has uh, made their made their, I guess, revenue suffer. You know, I uh, think. Well, let me look. Let's see if we can find the quote from the lawyer. Right. Uh, Venture Sevenfold recently exercised the rights to given them by law, blah, 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 blah. Uh, since 2004, the contract was signed. Uh, the label went underwent multiple regime changes that led to dramatic turnover at every level of the company to the point where no one on the current A&R staff has even a nodding relationship with the band. <laughs> so that means... That, you know, the best thing about that quote yeah. is it's almost it's almost exactly like the quote that Metallica sent to the band in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and that's, you know, that that's a legitimate concern because, you know, on the, on the flip side of that is, is that you you're talking about a band that needs that that machine to kind of move itself into the radio world move itself into the into the mainstream market uh, to do those things that they need them to do and if they don't have those people on their side on their team then how can they actually expect that to happen so what they put out an album and it looks like a failure because it doesn't do anything and really it's it, a lot of it can be because they didn't have the team to put to put it where it needed to be and that and that's that that's a legitimate concern for those guys. It's weird. It's it's weird. It, it, and it's really strange to be talking about that level of or that size of something now. You know, when we're talking to somebody like Tim from uh, Protest the Hero because it seems like it has always felt like metal was smaller than that, right? Like it was just so much more DIY and granular than that. And then then there is this whole other striation of of bands that really are on a different level and are a completely different thing and it's it, it is a major label deal you know what i'm saying like it's a it, it has something to, it's all about major labels the the optimism of avenge sevenfold to me is is astounding i mean even more optimistic than the statement we don't sound anything like guns and roses is the, is the statement <laughs> uh, uh we we still plan on putting out our next album sometime in 2016 this is not gonna get settled <laughs> this is not gonna get figured out for at least a year year and a half these oh, guys are in a holding pattern till 2017 at the earliest it's gonna get settled they're they're gonna do another record for warner brothers is what they're gonna do uh yeah, so, but not this year well i feel i feel a greatest hits record or a cover album or uh something of that nature coming in their near future uh, is what, what i could probably see coming out of that oh we're gonna re-record our waking the fallen record simple garage nights volume two yeah, yeah exactly it'll be something like that <laughs> it's dude. totally different yeah no it's not the same <laughs> totally what are you talking about no no we, to- we put all our effort into it it's a yeah it's gonna be amazing they do garage days man we did garage nights yeah, <laughs> totally different well i uh, and you know it, it's just i think it's a, just another spot where we see where we see the uh see the model starting to shake itself shake itself to the core again you know 
and just not getting not getting the results that we used to that we used to out of these types of things it'd be so awesome if they did go off to just do their own thing at that point at that point i'd be willing to go you know what avenge sevenfold hats off to you yeah respect at that point i'm i'm totally on board but if they go to the one other major label or they even go to like a big independent you know what to me that that's that that there's no leadership in that and it's they've never shown in my estimation in their art any sign of of leadership they're not breaking down any new boundaries they're not doing anything to help the industry or to inspire anybody to do anything other than to go buy the black album and that that to me is 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 tragic because they're in a, such an awesome opportunity for them and i'm hoping golly i'm hoping that they're going to uh, uh get out of this contract and they're going to the next thing they do is is going to be something that inspires the entire industry to greatness. And it's if anybody, it's possible for somebody to do it. I think uh, that band could pull it off. They probably could. They got enough clout at this point. It's time for their use your illusion. I think is what uh, is what, <laughs> is that what's coming to that? I think they do it, but they'd have to sit around and wait till Guns N' Roses and Metallica do it first, and then they go, "Okay, yeah, we'll do that." <laughs> oh no, no, that's no fun. That's no fun for anybody. <laughs> Come right. on, you put Avenged Sevenfold as a topic. You knew a boatload of those jokes were coming. You know? <laughs> totally right. I know. No, I know. I know. It's like, oh, yep, yep. It's it's coming. Let's wrap this thing up, man. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Metal Podcast or Metal Six Podcast, and you'll find us. Uh, you can uh, subscribe. You can leave us a couple of stars. Tell us that we suck. We would appreciate that. You can also find us on social media. I'm at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks. Godless speaks on facebook oh can i quick mention uh that i'm also on the pastors with no answers po- uh, episode that's uh coming up uh, as well episodes 15 and 16 oh i listened to your uh first episode with those guys man and uh i almost uh ripped my ripped my radio out of my car yeah so uh, <laughs> wow yeah but i think you pegged me uh pretty well as far as your description of my uh my religion my religiosity oh, i was worried no no i think that, you're, that question uh yeah, it caught me off guard. I wasn't sure uh, exactly how to answer that other than, yeah. No, I think uh, I think you had me uh, pegged as a apathetic agnostic, and I'm solid. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty good. Like, yeah, I don't fucking care. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, and uh, let's see, uh, Instagram, at ChuckingGodless. You can find us there, and ChuckingGodless.com. That's our Patreon. So if you want to support us, uh, we would we would love it. That would be great. Our early adopters, thank you guys for uh, for participating. Like I said, at the top of the show, we got some cool ideas that we're going to be working through and uh, some good stuff coming in 2016 for you guys. So that's all on the way until next week i am chuck i'm godless and this is the metal sucks podcast now put your money where your mouth is you have the method but will you move mountains this has become quite a vehicle with a roof over a grand ice ego you have adapted to the wrong your poor trail betrays your soul wherever you may go may your hearts remain yours You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.